Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Jesus loves me. This I know because B-I-B-L-E tells me so. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for just loving us today. God, we thank you for just being such a wonderful God. Through all the struggles of life, you love us. And God, we just, um, we're just so thankful this morning that we can come to a place such as this and just uh, love on each other, care for one another, pray with one another hear your word being brought through song and through message. And God, we just thank you for these wonderful little children who are expressing their faith and their love toward you through song. God, be with this time as we share together. And may you be glorified in everything that's said and done here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good to see everybody here. There you go. You were in the dark. Now I can see you. Today, get your Bibles and uh, turn to Psalm chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77. I want to talk just for a few moments we have together today about comfort during dark times of life. Uh, we're going through a time in this country and through community, different communities. Uh, families are going through dark times. And I want to share with you that God is not a distant God, that God is here with us. God is with us. God is wanting to love us and care for us and just minister to our deepest needs here today and throughout our walk with the Lord Jesus. How many of y'all have remote control cars, trucks, or helicopters? I got a picture I want to share with you. Uh, I love uh, these things. Better yet, I love to drive the real ones, uh, the big monster trucks. I have a couple friends of mine that has uh, Jeeps that's got the big wheels on them, and we go uh, to different rock quarries around the state and mudding and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. But these cars are, can be just very little or they can be about this size. And notice the one on the top right has a little remote control with it. The remote control is very important part of these vehicles because you have to use like 84 batteries in a remote in the vehicle. Uh, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, they're wireless. Uh, these vehicles have little motors that are wireless uh, transmitted to the remote, to the vehicle. And you can set up jumps. You can set up all kinds of different obstacles. And uh, you can really have a lot of fun crashing in one to another, uh, even chasing your siblings or your parents around uh, with these cars. But there is uh, a drawback to these vehicles. You can take the remote control in your hand. And you can move that vehicle, that truck, that car, that helicopter, till it goes to the distance. And it can only go so far, and then it stops. It crashes. Because there's a frequency, it can only go so far. There is a certain distance that these vehicles can go. That's, it loses its functionality. It loses its purpose. It's not fun anymore. And sometimes uh, when we take these cars and we kind of go over little hills, we don't see it, and it kind of lose control. I think that's a good picture of what our life is with God sometimes. 
God is controlling our lives through the Word of God, through prayer, as a fallen believer of Jesus Christ. And we know that it within a kind of a box, a frequency, a distance, that God will comfort and love us and protect us. But many times, you and I, like these cars, will continue to go down pathways that are not good for us. Pathways that will harm us and harm other people. We make different decisions that God would not want us to make. And therefore, there is a distance between us and Almighty God. That's what I want to share with you a little bit uh, today. Picture of our relationship with God. You might be here feeling very distant from Almighty God with your relationship to Christ. You might have accepted Christ several years ago, but for some reason down through the years, it seems like God is distant to you. Seems like God is away from you. Seems like God is not near you. Maybe you're here today and you feel like the people around you and society is more divided or distanced from God and one another. Are we more divided as a nation than ever before? Distance. There is a distance between blacks and whites and whites and blacks. We've seen that in the news the last year or so, especially the last three or four weeks. There is a distance between political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. Even within their own party, there's people that are distancing themselves from certain folks within their own party. There is a distance between progressive and conservative. There is a distance between rich and poor. There is a distance between faith and other faith. Our faith and other people's faith. There are even distance between churches. There are churches today that are no longer believing what they used to believe. They have changed their doctrinal stance. They have changed their conviction. And sometimes it's good, but most of the time, they're trying to be popular within their own community. And so there is a distance. We as churches don't even serve together like we used to. There is a distance between churches. There's distance between within the denominations, Southern Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian. There's dis- distance between pastors and staff. We don't communicate with other pastors and staff and network like we used to. There is a distance from people from the church. When they go through crisis, when they have a dark time in their life, they distance themselves from Almighty God, but also from the church. It could be because of embarrassment. It could be because they've been judged. It could be because someone said something out of the way that harmed them, they did not like. It could be a number of reasons, but people distance themselves from the church. And you and I have seen this. And Psalm 77 is going to walk with us just here in a few minutes. And we're going to see that the psalmist was going through some of the same thing that you and I are going through in today's. There's so much hate in so many communities now. Hate is taught. There's only one race, it's called the human race, but you and I say there are different races. But I go back to the little song, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in whose sight? God's sight. God loves all people, and we need to love all people as well. And we understand that. Are we really living in two worlds? Not in public events, not only in public events, but in spiritual matters as well. We see what happened in France this past week, and 
Our pastor shared about hope in America and hope through Christ last week of what went on in Dallas and Louisiana and other places of all the things that's going on in our country right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm a little disturbed because I see some of my Christian brethren putting posts on Facebook and tweeting and texting and blogging some awful things that I don't think that are godly. We as Christians are struggling of which side do we take, do we go on? We are trying to distance ourselves from certain race or certain cultures or certain faith backgrounds or certain even people within our own congregation because they believe a little bit differently than we believe. And so there is a distance in America today. There's a distance within the church body and the people of God. There's a distance within the community. There's a distance in our nation. W.A. Criswell, pastor for 40 years at First Baptist Dallas, said in January of 1964, he is troubled of the changing tide of America away from God. That was almost 50 years ago. Has anything changed? Has anything gotten worse? Is there more distance between us and Almighty God, the Creator God, the Sustainer God, the Provider God, the Healer? Billy Graham, evangelist, said in November of 2013 and 2015 that America needs a spiritual revival or a spiritual awakening. He has swept over how far, he has wept over how far the nation, the people, has moved away from God. He says, I just want to tell people about the cross and the hope that they can have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is being bombarded now. Did you read in the news last week where one of the schools, I I believe it's somewhere uh, out west, that cannot, the kids cannot even uh, sing the national anthem in their school. Schools and Christianity are being bombarded and judged and criticized and ridiculed, but other faiths are being highlighted. It's a different day in our world today. So what are you and I supposed to do as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, of those who believe in God's word? We're living in some dark times. And I believe that people and communities are and nations have moved away from God, and I believe it's due to sinfulness. I believe people are not living the way God wants us to live. There's a lot of churches and a lot of church folks that are not living in God to life Monday through Saturday. And sin affects the mind and the soul and the heart and the behavior, and it leads us away from Almighty God. We need to repent and turn back to God. Pastor Chip shared last week, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people, God's people, will humble themselves and turn away from their wicked ways and repent, then he will heal their land. Are we praying for our land? Are we praying for one another? God is not a distant God. He hears the cries from the brokenhearted. He's not an apathetic God. He's not a lackadaisical God. He is a very near to us this morning. And if we cry out to him, if we give him what's on our hearts today, he will hear us. You might be here this morning, broken, hurting, feeling distance from God, asking questions like the psalmist, as we see here in a minute, has been asking. You're asking questions about yourself and about society. 
what in the heck is going on in society today? People are just going nuts. They're going crazy. They're doing things that they know they shouldn't do. There are groups and individuals who are swarming into communities and disrupting that community. There are people who are being divided among their friends and family because of things that's going on in our country and our communities. Right here, even in Kentucky and Louisville, there's more murders and thefts and hatred than we want to realize and accept. My last three years at Parkway Baptist Church, my last church before I came to this staff, <clears throat> our world was turned upside down, and maybe you can identify with your world being turned upside down sometimes. <clears throat> we had a family within our church whose son was coming back from UK with another gentleman, and they had a car accident. And their son was a passenger and he was thrown out and was killed, but the driver was okay. Two years later, their youngest son graduated from high school, and one month later, he was cleaning his gun to go hunting and accidentally shot himself and killed himself. Then we had Officer Ellis, the police officer, got murdered in Bardstown. Anybody remember that? Our church held the funeral. Over 2,000 police officers was in that church for visitation and funeral. And I was the staff person working with the organization that comes in and helps the family with the funeral. I have never experienced anything like that in my life. And I don't want to experience it again. The mother and daughter that was murdered in Bardstown were members of Parkway. When they brought the bodies to the church. Tanya and I were there and we were helping the visitation and, and uh, they were so brutally, brutally disgusting look because they had been brutalized and murdered and they had to wear turtlenecks because of the stab wounds and the hits and all like that. There was a girl, senior in high school, two months before she graduated high school, got two B's on a report card. She was stressed out over that. I've been, I would have been fortunate if I got two B's when I was in high school. I was barely getting C's and, and some B's. But she, the pressure of her getting, she wanted straight A's, went into her daddy's garage and took a rope and hung herself. I was driving to Louisville for a meeting. And the president of Murray University called and said, Rodney, I need to talk with you. And so I pulled over. I was halfway between Bardstown and Mount Washington. And he says, I got one of your church members here. We were without a pastor at that time. And he said, we got one of your church members here. And I said, okay. Glenn got on the phone and said, Rodney, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go to the house tell my wife, our son, just stepped off one of the buildings at the university. And Glenn was with his son all day the day before. 
and they had a great time. They were laughing. They were, he was doing homework, and they went out to eat. They were, they were having a great time. He didn't recognize anything, but found out later, three weeks prior to that, he broke up with his girlfriend, and he couldn't take anymore. His dad dropped him off. Five minutes later, he got a call. The son stepped out. Shook our world. It was a dark day, still a dark day for those families. And I want to share with you today that there is some dark times coming in your life. It's like a five-year-old uh, was in the kitchen with his mother and was making supper, and she asked him to go into the pantry and uh, get some tomato soup. And he said, Mom, I don't want to go get tomato soup because it's dark in there. And she said, that's okay, honey. Jesus will be with you. So he opened the door. You might have heard this. And he said, Jesus, hand me some tomato soup. There's hope and comfort. Look with me in Psalm 77 quickly. W.A. Tozer said, a person will be as close to God as they want to be. If you're here today, you can be as close and intertwined as John 15 says, abide in him and he abides in you as much as you want it to be. But here in Psalm chapter 77, uh, the writer here is Asaph. He was a music leader for King David. He was a singer in the temple. Uh, Asaph, from the, he was from the Levite lineage who was a skilled musician and wrote 12 of these psalms, Psalm 50 and Psalm 73, 73 through 83. We're not sure if Asaph wrote this psalm or he wrote down the words that King David was pouring out out of his heart, but he put the words to music. We believe and commentators believe that he was possibly sharing out of this Psalm 77 out of dark times in his life personally, but also in his community. Things was going on in the Israelite community. There were, there were things just like in our community that was not right. And so he was kind of pouring his heart out in a difficult time. Difficult times for the people of Israel. And they were scattered around. And the writer was losing hope. He was getting discouraged. And David reveals something deep in these verses here. Number one, he believes in a God. He believes God hears his prayers. And he believes that he can share whatever is on his heart to a holy God. And God will still love him. So let's look at these verses today. Psalm 77, starting verse 1. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was, di when I was in distress or troubled... Or confused, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out a untiring hand, and I would not be confronted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned, and I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. Here, these verses tells us that this writer here was going through some dark times. He begins a sorrowful complaint and ends up in the chapter with hope and comfort and encouragement. In these three verses, let's look at it again. He cried out to Almighty God. I cried out to God to hear me. He says, God, I don't know what's going on in my world. 
I don't know what's going on with the things that, that are in my community and in my own self, but something is not right. God, have you distanced yourself from me? God, have you left me? God, are you still around? And so he was pouring his heart out to God. He had some moments that he felt cold and dark. He was in a tunnel. He had self uh, he had low self-esteem. His confidence was low. He was sending out some emotional SOS for help to Almighty God. He felt brokenhearted, and he cried out to God. And then verse 2 says, When I was in distress, some translation says trouble, I sought the Lord. Here's the question. Are we going to be like the psalmist when we get into trouble or when circumstances come our way? What do we do? Do we try to take care of it ourselves? Or are we trying to seek God's grace and love and help? He says, when I was in trouble, I sought the Lord. What does sought mean? He tried to find God in prayer and searching. He was trying to find where God was at. He was trying to find the presence and the power of Almighty God. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and would not be comforted. He says, I prayed all night trying to reach Almighty God. But God's Spirit was not giving me comfort. Have you had those days and those nights and those months, maybe years, that God's Spirit was not comforting you? A lot of our people in our nation, our community, are feeling this way. They're crying out to God. They're crying out to whoever they want to and trying to find comfort and peace and hope in this world. He says, God, you're not comforting me. I'm not feeling any peace. I'm not getting any uh, sense of your presence in my life. And in verse 3, I remembered you, God, and I groaned. He started crying and he started thinking, oh, God is holy. God is wonderful. God is love. And he says, I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. He's saying here that my spirit was getting weak, and I needed God's strength and God's help in a dark time. And so we need to cry out to God. We need to pour out our heart. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for ourselves that we are not causing controversy in our community, but we're helping trying to find solutions. And then he goes on from to verse uh, 4, and that's the second point. He recalls past blessings. He cries out. He's not getting comforted all night long. And all of a sudden he shifts. I remember you, God. And I groaned. I meditated my spirit faint. Verse 4. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night and my heart meditated and my spirit asked. The psalmist saying, man, I couldn't go to sleep. I was so troubled, I was so torn up, I was so worried, I was confused, I, was, I just didn't know what was going on in my life. I, I just needed some help and some relief. And he says, God kept me, my eyes from going to sleep. My mind was racing. Have you ever felt close to God? And at the same time, you felt a distance from God? That does happen. We know as believers that we can be very close, but at the same time, sensing God's direction in our lives. So he provides peace and comfort in the present by remembering how, who God is 
and what God is like and how God loves him. And then he kind of moves over to verses 7 through 9. He started asking some tough questions. He says, will the Lord reject forever? Will the Lord reject me? Will, will he never show his favor again? Will he never give me love again? Will he never give me peace again? Will he never walk with me again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to, gotten, forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Oh, God, have I done something to anger you that your compassion and love has left me? Six questions right here. And many people in today's society is asking some of the same questions in search of God's comfort and God's peace. These were deep searching questions. They are one that's on the heavy heart and mind. Our faith is being challenged to question comes. Where is God's help? Where is God's peace? Where is God's victorious life for me? Why do I feel alone? Why is so much turmoil around in our community and around our nation? Man, he was asking some tough questions, wasn't he? Just like we do today. He was struggling. And then he kind of shifts into verse 10. Here. He cried out to Almighty God, remember who God was. He meditated all night long. God didn't really give him the full comfort. He started asking some tough questions as if, God, you have changed. I'm okay. But it's starting in verse 10. It's starting to shift a little bit. Now he's understanding that God is who God he says he is. He is God Almighty. And he is the problem, not God. And so he kind of starts redirecting his thoughts or choose to to um, choose a different thought pattern. Choose to a different thought pattern. Look at verse 10. Then I thought to this, and I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his hand. And I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. He says, then I thought. Do you realize you have made some choices today? Several different choices. What clothes to wear, whether or not your family's going to drive in one car or two vehicles, what you wanted to eat or if you're going to wait to get the donuts in the cafe, uh, where you're going to go after church, <coughs> uh, how the kids or whatever. You have made several decisions today. And I want to share with you out of God's Word that the choices we make will display God's character in our lives. The choices that you make at school and we at work and in the home and in our workplaces and in our neighborhoods, in the ball fields, wherever we may go, will display God's holy character in our life or the choices we make. And I am sad to say that many of God's people throughout our nation are not choosing to display God's godly character in their words, in their actions, in their deeds, in their responses. And then we're wondering why churches today are struggling of reaching other people for Jesus Christ. God allows us to come to him through prayer, through his word, to give us comfort and peace and, and know which direction, pathway, and choices he wants us to make. One says that 
what we believe we hang on to. But our convictions hangs on to us. What we believe out of God's word deep within inside us will help us navigate the pathway through our Christian walk. And through these troublesome dark times, God says, I will give you comfort. I will give you peace. I will give you mercy. I will give you all the things that you need. I will provide a way for you and your community and your nation. But there are times in our lives when we change our thought patterns. We need to. And sometimes the stresses of life and, and the uh, uh, hardships and the troublesome times of our lives, they get to us. And sometimes God will just bring his mercy and he'll bring his grace and he'll just smooth us over and he'll talk to us and he'll get us back on the right path. And then there we go. We're back on the right path. Then there are sometimes there are things in our life that, man, we have just made a heck of a mess out of it. And God sometimes has to work a little bit harder in our lives to get us back on track. And he's got to smooth us out. He's got to work on us. And some of us today are right here. God's trying to work on you today to let you know that there is comfort in dark times. And then there are times in our life that God has to chisel some things that are deep within our lives that we're praying about, we're talking about, but yet we're not fully giving it over to God. God, you can, on Sundays you can deal with this issue in my life, but Monday through Saturday, I'm going to deal with it. And these, some of these issues are, he's got to chisel out bitterness, hatred, lust, pride, my way, not God's way, prejudice, thinking. You see, you get you my drift? Sometimes God will allow dark times to come in our lives so he can work on us to get us back on the right path. The psalmist here saying, hey, I'm thinking that I'm, it's me. It's not God, it's me. And so we need to understand that. He also says, notice here, that I will remember the deeds of the Lord, how good he is. I remember the miracles a long time ago. I will consider your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. And then I love starting verse 13 through 18. We need to magnify God. We need to magnify and exalt the name of Jesus in our Christian walk. And more we magnify the holy God, our problems, our trials, our struggles, our frustrations, our distress, our depression, everything in our lives is diminished. The more we magnify the holy God in our lives. Look at verse 13. Your ways, God, are holy. Whose ways are holy? God's ways. It's not Rodney's ways. It's not Pastor Chip's way. It's not the church's way. It's not the bylaws way. It, it's God's way that is holy. It's not my opinion or your opinion. Opinion, a lot of times we just shoot off the hip. But it's God's deep conviction in our lives. We need to magnify God. What God is a great as our God? Notice the first God is little g. And the second God is a big G. What little God is great and mighty as our big, awesome, wonderful God? That's what the psalmist is trying to share with us. 
you and I sometimes put God in a little g. He doesn't have enough power. He doesn't have enough grace. He doesn't have enough comfort. He's not with us all the time. He's left us and forsaken us. Then he says, you are the God who performs miracles. God, I know you can do a wonderful work in my life if I just let you. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Psalm 34 tells us that we need to magnify and exalt the name of Jesus. We need to see a big God, a big God with little problems. If you focus on the issue or the problem so closely, you will see everything through the lens of the problem. If you, take, if you just dwell on the problem, then you're going to see life through the lens of the problem. But if you see your problems through the lens of a big God, then your problems are really small and insignificant. And so we see here that Asphas is, is praising God for the past blessing. The Red Sea, Mount Sinai, the arrival into the promised land. God was holy. God was great. God was powerful. God was their redeemer. And so he was very thankful. And then lastly, trust God to be your shepherd, verses 19 through 20. Trust God to be your shepherd. God is still leading us. God is still walking with us. God is still protecting us. God's still ministering to us. God will provide a way in your situation. He talks about 18 through 19, about how God allowed uh, the Israelites who were being chased and, and uh, from the Egyptians, the Red Sea opened. They went through, and it says that there was no uh, uh, footsteps. There was not even God's prince was even seen. God provided a way out. Look at verses 19. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, through the footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hands of Moses and Aaron. God is in the storm with you. God is still very present in our church. God is still very present in your individual life as a believer and follower of Christ. God is still in, in our community and around the world. But it is up to us as the churches, as the body of Christ, to allow God to shine through our lives. God provides a way out. He is the shepherd who cares with tenderness and wisdom. He cares for you and I. He loves us so very much. There is hope through Christ. Listen to what one has said. Christ enables us to see the silver, silver lining <clears throat> around the dark clouds and gives us a rainbow during the rainstorm. Christ enables us to see the silver lining around the dark clouds and gives us a rainbow during the rainstorm. God provides a way. We can see the light in the tunnel. We can see that God is lighting our pathway and helping us to make the right choices in life. God is with us and will move us past our hurts and fears and troubled hearts and our dark times in our life. He will help us to, to fly over the dark clouds of life. So what can we do today? These are not listed in your bulletin, but you can write these down. Here's some steps for you and I as we wind this up. 
steps. First of all, be a prayer warrior. The psalmist, very upfront, cried out to a holy God. The issue for my life and your life is that many of us are not prayer warriors. We don't pray as often as we should, and when we do, it's our agenda instead of God's agenda. We're desiring God to meet on us on our needs and our demands instead of us listening to God and being a part of what he wants for our lives. So be a prayer warrior. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for this church. Pray for the cops that lost life. Pray, pray for the blacks that were shot. Pray for our country. Pray for France. Pray for the world that God's grace will be sufficient for all our needs. And there will be a spiritual awakening in our to, in our community and in our nation because God's people are starting to step up and start praying and start leading the life that he wants us to live. That's the only way that we're going to see a holy God do a mighty work. Secondly, action plan to overcome. What can you do in your personal walk with Christ to help yourself and your family and your community and around the world? Well, you can study, memorize scripture, you can pray more, Maybe you can do something for your church or invest in some organization in your community. You can try to help the people in your workplaces, in your school, to understand a little bit where God is and what God's Word says about the Christian life. Maybe you can stand up when Christianity is being judged and knocked down. Maybe you can stand up wherever you're at and say Christianity is a wonderful thing. What is an action plan for you and your Christian walk. Secondly, examine your thinking, as the psalmist said. He says, I shifted from complaining and discouragement and despair to start rethinking and changing my thought patterns of understanding who God is and what he's all about. What are some thinking? Maybe you have been brought up thinking about prejudice and racism. Maybe you need to change your thinking about some of those topics. Maybe God's Word needs to help shape your thinking about what He says about abortion and homosexuality or any other issue that we face in life. What are you thinking? Is it based on God's Word or is it based on the worldly standards? What about behavior? Examine your behavior. Examine your behavior. Many of God's people are poor example of God's grace and love by the way they live their lives in the world. And I'm one of them. I get bent out of shape sometimes. Sometimes my frustration in traffic gets the best of me. Sometimes I say things that I don't mean to say, but people take it wrong. Sometimes I have thoughts that should not pop in my head, but because I have not maybe been in a prayer attitude all day, Satan uses that, and he comes in. And my behavior, what you think, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, the Bible says in Proverbs, so you will be. Are you thinking on godly standards or the world standards? And then last two, be thankful for blessings. And God's been good to us. So let's be thankful. Have you thanked God for the blessings he's given you? Have you thanked God? For how awesome and loving and caring he's been for you down through the years. And then lastly, invest in others. Invest in others. 
maybe this is a time for you and I to invest in somebody at work or at school or in the neighborhood or maybe even in this church who is from a different race, who's a different culture, who believes a little bit differently than I believe. Maybe it's time, excuse me, that you and I take someone that is different than what I am and invest and share the hope of Christ, share with them that God can be their hope, that God can give encouragement, that God can give them comfort. Do we really believe that Jesus Christ is the hope? The question I think God would ask today is your life sharing that with others. So we see out of this Psalm 77 that there is comfort, there is hope, there is grace, there is love. God is not distant. God is near. God is close. The Bible says he will never leave us or forsake us. If you are a child of God today, God is with you. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.